0: and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW, void. prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
1: All right. Welcome back to Blue by 90. I'm Justin. Joined by Jack and Kalen. As always, it is draft day. NFL draft day. Go Lions. Lions, Lions with the number two pick. Matt Stafford I did you guys see Aiden Hutchinson last night talking with Matt Stafford? That's a dynamic duo I did not expect to see. Yeah, what was that? Did Jared put that up on a story? Jared put it up on a story. He's got the uh, the uh NYC exclusive there. Mm. Um so it I that was I don't know what it was other than that, but a little Q&A. Love to see those two together. Um I'm I mean, how many Lions fans out there I've seen a couple on Twitter that are, like, super resentful towards Matt Stafford, and I want to just be like, why? why? Honestly,
2: I, I haven't. I haven't seen it, but if I did, I'd be like, suck a dick. Like,
1: fuck you. Yeah, like, I do why, not why,
2: why would you hate that. Matt Stafford? He was in Detroit for 13
1: years. And, and they gave him, like, obviously they gave him Calvin Johnson, but outside of Calvin Johnson, it's like, what? Mm-hmm. You know? never a defense, never anything. So, all right. That's, that's besides the point. Um, But draft day, um, the headline is obviously, like we just said, Aiden Hutchinson now dropping to number two. So when we talked to Austin Gale last week, it was unanimous, pretty much number one, right? I would love to know what's going on in these draft war rooms. Like, how does it? How does that flip flop in the three days prior to the draft?
2: And especially with a guy like Aiden, who does so well, you know, off the field too. It's not like he—he
1: he like. There's no Laramie Tunsil here, really where Aiden Hutchinson is found with a gas mask, smoking weed, right? Like. <laughs> There's we're gonna, there's no we're picture see a video out. of
2: like Aiden Hutchinson smoking a bong and like <laughs> a fifth of Fireball or something that's gonna come out.
1: Dude, at this point, I'm in. I'm like, I'm drafting that guy oh, immediately. It's legal. Yeah, why not?
2: <laughs> why not? <laughs> so you're telling me he can do this and play like that? Done deal.
1: Exactly. You're probably doing them both at the same time, right? Yeah. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> Oh, but, um, yeah, so that's kind of crazy that it's all switched. I mean, the odds, if you look at the, the uh, betting odds, it's like minus 450 now for uh, what's-his-nuts from Trayvon Georgia. Walker. Trayvon Walker for from Georgia, um, which we all saw him dominate Michigan's O-line. So it's like from a Michigan fan's perspective, it's like, yeah, he's probably pretty good, you know? <laughs> Yeah, uh, I, just,
2: I just think it's so interesting, like, how in the last, like, it seems like every year, like, in the last couple weeks or whatever, something comes up or something changes where somebody just kind of jumps out of nowhere, and I don't know. For, if it was up to me, like, if I was, like, an NFL GM, I wouldn't even go to the Combine. Like, I'd be like, look at the game film. Look at the game film, see how they played, and, like, judge it off that. Because, I mean, but, what was it, Darius Hayward Bay? Was that the receiver that came out of nowhere that ran, like, a 4-2? and then he did nothing in the NFL but he got picked i think first round just because he was fast like he wasn't on anybody's draft board until the combine 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 like um I, I mean there's know. a reason I why, why the,
1: there's a reason why you're not a, an NFL gm but that's okay never given a chance baby come on i mean that's true you 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 could be think about it if you were given the chance you could be like one of the top draft pickers but they just haven't given you the shot him give me a shot could you Um, imagine just the the
3: image of jack as the gm on the website for the team he's just like (laughs) kicked back with a bud light
2: even just, like, put me in the war room. Like, make me an assistant GM. I'll, I'll be texting Brad Holmes. I'll be like, hey, you want me, to give me a th- want me to get a 30 rack on the way up? Like, what's the plan? Like, what are we drinking today?
1: <laughs> Miller Miller, Bud. Miller Bud Coors. What do we got?
3: I can't imagine the amount of distraction. It's just like, oh, my God, you got to see that guy. We're picking him. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: Who's Scott's girlfriend? Yeah, bring her around.
1: <laughs> it would just be, for, from Jack, it would just be, Whatever's the hottest like p- person at that moment, like the last five minutes for him, whatever highlight he saw. Are you fucking serious? Did you see this catch? All right, we're in like, take it take doesn't matter overall perspective. No, it's just like, what's right in front of the face. All right, there we go. I do. I do just want to
2: make a point. I did win our fantasy league last year. Hey, I am saying if anybody's the most qualified, I would say it would be me.
1: Yeah. I, I manage a, an NFL team.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, no big deal. fantasy league. I had some good trade. Hill, had some that's, trades. That's and an 11
1: year old on ESPN Sports <laughs> Center.
2: Did you see him, dug, though? <laughs> oh, yeah. Kids got hops. Let's recruit him. Give him a full ride.
1: He's not going to be eligible for 10 more years. I don't care. <laughs> I want him now. Oh, man. Um, but, you know, I think that the other thing, too, is. Um, there's a lot of other Michigan players out there. Everyone's focused on Aiden Hutchinson, but you've got Dax Hill. That's probably late first round, early second round. Not many people talking about him, but I think he could be a steal of the draft. Um, you know who else I think could be a steal of the draft? Two people. David Ajabo is only fallen because of his injury. Yeah. And we really don't know, like, what are David Ajabo's, what's his ceiling? He was a lot, you know, on the opposite side of Aiden Hutchinson. So everyone's like, oh, Aiden got all the uh, you know, all the double teams or whatever. Um, I, I don't know. Maybe maybe Ojabo's seen a ceiling. I've no idea. But I think he could be a guy that takes that next step too.
2: Yeah, I think he I think he's a great value pick. I mean, especially for um you know NFL GMs. I mean, just the way I see people recovering from injuries nowadays, like like, why even worry about it? If I'm an NFL GM and I saw Jabo, you know, hurt himself, obviously you're like, man, like, you feel for the guy. Like, you don't want anybody to get hurt. But you're like, okay, now I can steal this guy later in the draft and not have to give him as much money. Um, I think wherever he goes, they'll be they'll be pumped to have him. But like you said, you got David Jabo, Dax Hill,
1: Andrew Stuber. Um, I think – so I think Stuber could be the actual steal of the draft. Yeah. Because I think Stuber is a guy – that is, you know, what is was a part of the best OL line in the country last year, mm-hmm. right? Um, according to the Joe Moore Award, and just super smart, does everything the right way. I think he's a guy that could end up being like a right tackle in the league for ten years. Um, and if you get him in the fourth or fifth round, that's a that's a steal of a draft day. I'm curious if our guy uh, Vasardis is going to get picked up. I don't even know if he's like entering into the draft. Might not I haven't be. heard
2: anything about
3: him.
1: Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I'm still He's serious. also a that, silent killer, though. Too. That's true. He's like the least social media guy right. of time. We just got to look at Maddie's uh, yeah. social media to see where he is, basically. Um, But I feel like I, I, from what I heard, like I actually don't. I think he's just like, all right, that was my career. Ended on a high note, and like going into the, the work field, which good for him too. Yeah, He's are he gonna get like a, a degree or
0: something, right?
2: Is he? That's what like, I thought.
1: That would make sense um, to me. I don't yeah. know.
2: I feel like he'll like have like a great paying job and then he'll coach with some like high school team to a national title or something. Like
1: that's how I feel about Andrew Vistaris.
2: Like he's just football or, guy,
1: man. Or he'll just be like he'll win the nicest guy in the world award. Yeah. Like, he's gonna uh, get a Nobel Prize one of these days. Yeah.
3: Now what about guys like um like Hassan Haskins, right? Amazing at Michigan. Yeah, fuck. You I know that one. But I haven't heard anything about him in the draft, right? You think later
1: rounds, or you think you know what's what's the thought process there? I could see like a fifth, sixth round for him. Um, I think that people see him and they're like, "Oh, he doesn't jump off the charts in terms of a combine. He's not running a four-three. He is, he is uh, you know benching what twenty-eight reps or whatever. So that's big." He's Um, but like, I think in terms of other than that, in terms of stats, he's not like unreal, but here's what I think. He could be that third down back for somebody that's like, we need a yard, go fucking get a yard. And he does. And so I could see him, he, he will be a guy that drops in the draft or goes undrafted even, but then makes a roster because he's just like. He'll never stop. He will outwork everybody. Super smart, good kid, like all those things.
2: Yeah, I think. I mean, I think one hundred percent he'll he'll be in the NFL for sure. Um, but I think, yeah, I think he'll be a steal. Again, that's a guy that you know. You look at the combine stats, and you're not. You know, it's not other than the bench press. You're not too impressed with speed or anything like that. Um, but you look at his game stats, and you're like, this guy. I mean, if I need five, six yards, you know, I know he's going to work for it. So, I don't know. I think it helps them like McDonald's back with the Ravens. Maybe they uh, maybe they mm. pick him up, you know. I mean, you saw the injuries they had last year. They had to grab guys that hadn't played in two years. That's true. <laughs> you know? Especially
1: at running back, too. They they were
2: str- on offense were strong. I mean, imagine them with J.K. Dobbins, um, obviously kind of like a speed back, almost like a quorum, t- quorum type, and uh, then you put Haskins. J.K. Dobbins game. actually is like the perfect comparison to Blake Quorum. Yeah, Now that I think of it. I mean, that'd be a good one-two punch or, you know, whoever. They, I can't remember who else they had at running back. I think they had somebody else that was pretty good. Yeah, But to add, Hassan would be a good piece. Oh, for Ray Rice.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> you almost had me, and then I'm like,
3: uh, I don't think so. <laughs> oh, my gosh.
1: Yeah, oh, he, I think he he's had it. in a... the XFL now, I think. Oh, right. XFL. That's right. So like, I've, Gridiron, I've... Gridiron,
2: I've... Gridiron Gang. Prison yeah. Gang. He's, he's with uh, Paul Crew. Hey, him and, him and Paul Crew. Paul Crew. R.I.P. Uh, caretaker. Oh, uh,
1: R.I.P. caretaker. Oh, shit, I also me. don't want to forget
3: uh, uh, Chris Hinton, the guy who totally surprised me. Uh, going I wish that. he
1: would have came back. So I think – well, first of all, I do want to talk about – so the, the last thing I want to talk about for Hassan Haskins, the one thing that I think that he will – that will help him a ton – he never fumbles. Yeah, never fumbles with the ball. So you, you see it a ton in the NFL where, like, a guy gets in and, like, he'll fumble the football in his first couple reps or first couple things, and it's like, all right, that's kind of over. Yep, you know, you so he's it. not going to be that guy. He will not cause those issues. So um, that was the last thing I want to say about him. But then hitting I've – you know, I don't want to be negative, but he would be the one guy that I would kind of be negative about because I don't think that he's ready for the NFL. And it just really, it, you know, to your point, Jack, it surprised me that he was moving on. Uh yeah. I mean, I liked him. I just liked him at Michigan. I thought he was a solid
2: guy at the um solid. The tackle position. Solid, yeah. A good,
1: good way to put it. Yeah, I thought
2: he was solid. Um, you know, maybe he'll get picked up as a free agent or a late round guy. Um, I don't really know, but. Wish he was coming back to Michigan, for sure. I think it probably could have helped him.
3: Yeah, you really get, like, no second chances in the NFL. I remember working out with this guy, um, Jonas Gray, and then he, like, ended up playing for the Patriots. He had an amazing game, and then the next game he, like, fumbled once, and Bill Belichick was like, all right,
1: cut so, him. Yeah, That's it. I mean, because there's a hundred other running backs trying to get your job that, like – are either already on the roster or sitting there waiting for that call that will fly there, you know, that night, right? Um, you know who I was thinking about too? Uh, Brad Hawkins didn't oh get God. a combine invite. Like, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm assuming there's no chance that he gets drafted, but I think from a guy at the safety position, you are the QB of the defense, right? And so I think he's super smart, can do it all, He's not gonna come off the the you know the charts as far as like super athletic you know when you're looking at like a Dax Hill, um, but I think there's in the NFL people don't realize how fucking hard it is to get a playbook and run a defense and do those things on the field like call audibles and that type of stuff. So I think he could make an impact there. Um, in you know I I think he'd be like a rookie camp type of guy that makes a roster you know something like that. Um, Josh Ross too. Josh wow. Ross as well. Um, yeah. You know, another guy that I think struggled with athleticism at Michigan, but great run stopper and great leader. And so those intangibles type of, you know, those help those guys. Um, but I, you know, I think there's a, a very pretty wide um, gap between like the top couple guys coming out of Michigan and the rest of the guys coming out of Michigan in terms of what they could do in the NFL. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I agree.
2: Um, yeah, I mean, if I had to say who's getting drafted and who's going to free agency, I think Josh Ross will be a free agency guy. I think Hawkins could be a free agency guy, shockingly, but he'll be a steal. He'll be a steal as a free agent guy. Yeah. Um, I mean, probably just those two, right? Like who? I mean, maybe I mean, Chris Donovan Jeter. Like, tr-
1: what? He Jeter, like
2: he'd be a free agent guy for sure. I don't. Think I don't know if he's
1: going guy. to the NFL or the portal or what, but he just like wasn't with Michigan in the spring and kind of had like a mm-hmm. weird Instagram post a couple weeks ago that was like, "Thanks for everything, Michigan." So, um, mm-hmm. not really sure. Um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, there's a chance I think Haskins might get not might not get drafted. That would be um, fucking insane to me. That would be a steal.
2: How so how many guys actually I'm curious what the stat is on this. How many guys actually go to the combine and don't get drafted? Like most of them? A lot. Go to the combine and don't get drafted? How many guys? Go I don't to know count? about
1: most of them, but I I think that a decent a amount do. They invite a shit ton of people to the combine, I think. Yeah, but there's also what?
2: 6 rounds. I mean, there's two hundred right? some picks. Like they don't invite more than two hundred guys to the
1: combine. I can't imagine. There's more than two hundred because I know a guy that was uh, drafted one ninety nine. Tom Brady. That's correct. <laughs> <But> <laughs> how many? How
2: many? How many guys do? Uh, how many guys get invited to the combine? Do we know? Um, I can't imagine. Thirty five total athletes
3: each year on, in general.
1: Okay,
2: so there's probably a decent amount that don't get drafted
1: but they probably Um,
2: picked him as a free agent or something.
1: Here's the thing that people don't understand too: not getting drafted, especially when you get like past round five is not a bad thing because you uh, here, here's what happened. So when my cousin, my cousin did not get drafted, he was like borderline seventh round pick and then didn't end up getting drafted. What happens is in those last few rounds, you start getting calls from every single team saying, hey, if, if nobody picks you up here, we're going to get you. If nobody picks you up here, we're going to get you. And that starts happening. And then all of a sudden, instead of being picked by one team and that's your only option in the seventh round, you have 25 different options in front of you and you can choose 32. your best route. 32. Well, not all 32 are going to call you.
2: But you can call them oh anyway
1: okay. i agree with what you're saying i agree with what you're saying yeah so yes i so I like,
2: so what What do you think the cutoff is there like let's say i don't get drafted first five rounds i'm like fuck it don't draft me i want to be a free agent i want to go to this
1: team so i'm just going to be like don't draft me i you think know, what either what, in the the money cutoff there either in the sixth or seventh round i think that's what you want okay um because i don't think in the sixth or seventh round you're getting like guaranteed money mm-hmm. um Dude, honestly, I don't I don't know how that's a great question that we you know should know slash should ask or look up. But like I don't think you get great guaranteed money past like the first two rounds, honestly. I think I you're, that. everyone's everyone else is like on rookie contracts and it's basically like you gotta cut it. You gotta you gotta make it happen. Um so I, that whole thing is interesting because like, dude, if you look at like what the drop off is from like getting picked in the first number one to number two, and then from like those two to like five, it's like millions of dollars.
2: Oh yeah. It's
1: crazy. I would love, I want to, I, at some point we'll have Jake butt on here and I want to like
2: Oh, yeah, I I, I get his perspective.
1: I, I want to get his perspective because he obviously got injured, didn't get the the money that he wanted to. He's he's in David Ajabo's position right now. Um we should have had him on honestly, but yeah. it's it's all good. He I know, I think he's in New York right now actually. Um but I I want to bring it up but I don't cuz it, it's like bringing up the worst possible day of your life. I I have to imagine, right? He's like, got to be
2: so like not numb to it, but he's got to be have been asked it a million times though. That's what I imagine.
1: Probably. Yeah.
2: I mean, he was going to be a top tight end off the board.
1: He was like I think he was projected
2: first pick. round pick,
3: yeah.
1: And then I mean, didn't
3: he tear his his what ACL or hamstring or whatever? Like, a state. like scoring a touchdown. Yeah. It, was the, it was it scoring a touchdown? Game. I thought yeah. he was
2: tackled like
1: in the red zone or something. Yeah, yeah, I just it was an exciting play. That's all I remember yeah yeah so Real. i don't know man it's wild but all right so um something uh i guess we're gonna take a pivot here we're talking about the draft but we're gonna take a pivot um so probably uh somebody's name that you haven't heard in a while if you're a michigan fan but we've got david Cohn, former michigan quarterback coming on um to talk about what Everything that he's doing right now, he's got a podcast, doing some musician stuff. Uh, stuff. So, um, very excited to talk to him. But uh, we will have him on here shortly. All right, now we welcome on former Michigan quarterback David Cohn, uh, current co-host of the Crane. What is it, the Crane and Co. Show? Crane and Company, yes, sir. On the crane daily, company. Wire. I fucked up already. Sorry, should have had you introduce
2: uh, yourself, man. Jeez. I know, I know. <laughs> crane
1: crane and Company on the daily wire, but we appreciate you, man. Uh, you know, words are hard, you know, it's, it's tough over here, <laughs> they're but,
4: difficult, man. You know, I'm still learning some of them myself.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, I, you know, first and foremost, I think that uh, a lot of Michigan fans out there are probably like where you know what have you been up to lately where where have you been so it's been a while since you've been at michigan so what's been going on man
4: yeah it's a real where's waldo situation (laughs) no i mean i graduated in 2010 um from the greatest university in the country i still believe that um you know i got into video production like right after right after i graduated from michigan i moved to atlanta which georgia was my home state i'm from down there near savannah and man, video production was really good to me for the last decade. You know, I cut my teeth early. I got some great opportunities. I directed the PGA of America Centennial campaign. I've gotten to make videos with, you know, Kirk Street and Chris Paul and Davis Love and Jordan Spieth and just really people liked my sports background. You know, I kind of thought I'd would want to become a a filmmaker. You know, I was also playing music for a while and those two things kind of creatively went hand in hand. Um, But it ended up a lot of people liked my sports background, a lot of big brands, you know, trusted me to go on set and kind of talk to some of these uh, these sports figures. And so that was great for a long time. And then, um, you know, last year I met a kid named Jake Crane who was hosting the J boy show. We hit it off right away. We had a conversation about me producing his, his um, his podcast that he started. He really took a flyer on it, man. His, his uh, his dad was an all American linebacker at Auburn, and he was coaching football at Montana State, and so I started producing the j Boy Show to get him on video rather than just audio. And because I played college football, he would have me on, and then we would, you know, I would start to be on the show as well as technically directing it and stuff like that. Colin Cowherd's network picked us up last summer. Bye right before football season started. We had a great run with the volume. And to be honest with you, the only reason we're not there uh, right now is because Ben Shapiro's company, The Daily Wire, reached out and bought our show last fall, or, or well, really at the end of the year and early this year, and asked if we'd you know, move to Nashville. So I'm, I'm a new resident of Nashville, actually. My wife and I and our eight-month-old son today, uh, we moved into this oh, yeah. house here last weekend. So things still aren't situated, but you know I at least have some uh, some Michigan gear out. Got to.
2: Happy birthday to the boy. That that had to be a pretty easy move to Nashville. I I can't imagine, you know, moving to Nashville and being pretty unhappy, you know. No, no, we love it. (laughs) We're just
4: outside the city. So, and plus, like I said, I've played music for a long time anyway. And 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 my wife has a family farm just ninety miles south of here. Oh my god! Like right, you know, we're on the southern part of the city, and so really. It was, uh, it was a blessing, you know, I mean, I just I grinded for 10 years and and even beyond that. I mean, all of the skill sets that I'm using right now on this show are skill sets that I've developed my entire life. I mean, you guys are probably the same way, you know, I mean, you're, you're, you're talking about learning words, you know, I mean, <laughs> and, and talk on camera, that is a valuable skill set. So again, I'm just I'm very thankful for where I am. And I, I, I'm very grateful to be able to come on your guys' show. It sounds like uh, sounds like this thing's really taken off. Congratulations to you guys
1: thank you yeah no it's been fun i mean honestly kind of the same way that that you did it a little bit we just started doing this just for fun honestly we were just like we really enjoy it and we're you know it's and now you know people enjoy our content and we love the people that do so we're glad to to join you here as well um so all right i want to get the the musician side of you too because i've been to nashville i've walked Mm -hmm. into some of those bars have you, you like have a
4: rack of guitars already out? Oh right? man, oh, he,
2: big time. Love that, that. that's big time.
1: I feel like I mean you have to like I have you tried to just play at one of those bars? Cause every single bar you walk into, whether it's the shittiest little dive bar, it's like the greatest musician, <laughs> whether girl guy, it's like unbelievable voice, uh, everything.
4: We went uh took my son to his first professional sporting event two nights ago we went to the nashville's predator game the predator's game uh and it was the last game of the regular season even the person they had coming out singing the national anthem was like i'm like that's the greatest voice i've ever heard forget Forget elvis presley i'm like that's why that's why i can't make it here you know (laughs) Um, mine mine was much more i mean i've had people say i start i taught myself how to play, play guitar as i was leaving michigan and sort of like all these kind of sort of creative juices, I guess, started to come out of me once I had finished playing football. I mean, I, was, I dedicated my entire youth to the sport, you know. Right. So to me, it was much more, I was more interested in the songwriting capability. I never sang a day in my life. And, you know, I'd always liked different types of music. There was hip hop that I was into when I was playing football there. And, you know, my dad was really into um, country and rock music and Western music when I was growing up. So certainly I had that background. But I just started writing songs. And then eventually my voice kind of got better and better. It was kind of like this this um Jack Johnsony John Mayer sort of vibe is what okay. I think people would those, say when they would come to my shows. Those they,
1: aren't bad names to, no. to go to, not, I would say.
4: I'm not trying to put myself on their level. I'm you, <laughs> I'm just trying to say, uh when people would come to my shows, they say this is the kind of vibe. I guess I'm the poor man's version of them as well. There you to, go. There you know. go. Um <laughs> okay. but you no know, uh,
1: like even I, the poor man's version of that is has to be exactly, pretty damn good. So,
4: exactly yeah, you're good. But it always was a nice supplement to what I was doing on the video production side, you know, because I could kind of be flexible and make my own schedule or work work for an entire month on the Smithsonian campaign in Washington, D.C., and you're grinding it out every day. Maybe you come back and I have the next 10 days to unwind. Right. Well, that's a great time, you know, to write a few songs or to play a show in Atlanta. Certainly places like Eddie's Attic and Smith's Old Bar were really good to me for a long time. So I've always enjoyed it. And to answer the Nashville question, I did. I used to play the uh, Nashville Wine and Food Festival every, uh, Hell every yeah. year, um, had kind of wow. gotten to a nice rhythm there. I actually recorded um, a small album at Blackbird Studios here, a really famous studio in Berry Hill. So I was doing those sorts of things just to see if anybody would want to cut one of my songs or something like that. But, you know, the video production was starting to get busier and busier. And then I was picking up things like this podcast. I had some good clients. And now it's just sort of, you know, this is, as you guys know, to do this, this is beyond a full-time job now, which I can now justify. You know, having, <laughs> I can now justify after. To week, your
1: wife. Now,
4: yeah, exactly. Exactly. And to myself, to be honest, you know, yeah. now that, you know there are names like. Uh, Colin Cowherd and Ben Shapiro that have been right. interested enough, in uh, interested in us enough to, you know, pick us up and to make moves like this. So that's kind of where I am on the music side, but my son, my son seems to love it. At least he likes my singing.
1: Hey, there that's all that matters. Yeah. That's all that matters. Um, wanted to, so let's go back to when you were at Michigan. So you went through a, a coaching change, correct? I did. I did. did. Moyd Carr
4: brought me in and Scott Leffler was a you know, Scott Leffler was the quarterback coach there and, and it was really because I did the camp circuit coming out of high school, went to Auburn. I think a coach from Auburn saw me throw there and called Scott Leffler, but he brought me in and then yes, Rich Rodriguez came in.
1: Yeah, and so now all of a sudden you're a six seven Tall, lanky, white quarterback in Rich Rodriguez's offense. And I'm still what? all
4: those things, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: I, I want to know. know just like what was practice like? You Are you like trying to run the read option or like what's going on there?
4: Yeah. And funny enough, my high school ran the wishbone. But it, it wasn't because I was mobile or talented at running it all. It was just that we had great running backs. And my job was to turn around and not fumble and hand them the ball. And then we started to throw the ball more and more in high school. That's why I had to go to so many camps. Right. But we played high-level football in Georgia. I mean, I was playing with Justin Houston on my team. D'Angelo Tyson won a Super Bowl. You know, so that was the trade-off. I didn't get a lot of passing reps coming out. And I was clearly a passing quarterback. But I got to play against the greatest competition. And I got to understand how to break a huddle properly, the extreme discipline at my high school. So I came in with an advantage on those things and a disadvantage in terms of the number of reps. But Coach Leffler and Coach Carr, they they knew that. And they said, look, you're not going to, like, we have Chad Henny here. You know, like, you're not going to – if you start here, it won't be for three years. We're going to put 50 pounds on you. You know, we're going to get you in the weight room. You're going to learn the offense. You know, you're going to learn speed break Detroit right side, 300 box, Y-Stick H-3, through 54 That is the offense. Now, I'm <laughs> oh just – I'm you're running
2: a blender like, there. You
4: well, know, I'm running plays <laughs> I right for like 43 and 34, and, you know, right. <laughs> so that's the kind of stuff <laughs> – Hand off right. I had to learn. And then, you know, when the coaching change happened, um, you know, not that I would have, not that I was going to start at Michigan, um, no matter what happened. Like, you know, I, I don't, I don't know those things. But when the coaching change happened, yes, it became clear like I, I will never start at the University of Michigan um, now. And I thought every day about transferring. I was going to go to North Carolina. I thought every single day about it, but I loved the university. I love Ann Arbor. I had finally gotten established. I mean, when you spend two years as, a, as an underclassman then you're finally one of the upperclassmen and, right, and the yeah. guys, you know, people like Denard who came in and, and Roy Roundtree and some of those guys would l- looked up to me as a leader on the team. And that made me feel good. And I was like, you know what? It was Matt Gutierrez who was a quarterback at Michigan mm-hmm. who was supposed to start. And Chad ended up he, – he got hurt. He got hurt right before the first game. And Chad ended up starting as a true freshman and never relinquished the starting job. And Matt Gutierrez never started at Michigan. And he played for the Patriots for, I don't know, like five seasons. He's backing up Tom Brady. It was that. And I don't know Matt personally. I mean, I'd love to talk to him. But it was, it was the fact that Matt Gutierrez could not start at Michigan and still have an NFL career, which was always my goal, that said, you know what, you're at one of the few places that if you just – If you keep developing yourself, even if it's not on Main Street, even if it's on State Street, if you keep developing your game, you will have a shot. You're at a place where you could play professionally if you're good enough. And I didn't play professionally because I wasn't good enough. You know, like that's just the bottom line. It wasn't because you know a coaching change or something came in. And I'm okay with that now. And now I have to excel at other areas of life. It's it's funny. Somebody last night when we went to that Predators game, somebody was like, "Yeah, I played um, college baseball," and I'm one of the 99% that. professional in something other than sports (laughs) me too too," and they make commercials about us right yeah (laughs) yeah
1: Yeah. there there aren't a lot of uh d1 athletes outside of the the big time pros that they're making commercials about so you're (laughs) kind of famous for that right thank you thank you (laughs) you definitely
3: just blew my mind earlier with that qb call could you like break down a little bit of that because that just like that went over my head well, it's
4: just a simple base install play, guys. We'll get there. when I come up to Ann Arbor next, I'm going to stop by. We'll draw it up on the whiteboard. You know, All right, nice. deal. Perfect. It's is a tight end pattern. You got, you know, check release on the outside on the backside. Um, you know, if I had just uh, connected on a few more of those plays, <laughs> I probably would have gotten on the in the big house a bit more.
1: Yeah.
4: Hey, the QB oh, rating man. was high. I saw it. The QB rating was high. It's funny. You guys should go watch. We just went down to the final four. The Daily Wire sent us down on a tour bus to the final four, which is one of the coolest things that's ever happened in my life. And, you know, guys, Michigan fans, we run deep. We're everywhere. Oh yeah, well, of course. I run into a huge Michigan fan on Bourbon Street. We're doing man on the street interviews right after the Love Duke it. North Carolina game. I got a I got a Jordan North Carolina jersey on <laughs> because we had a running bet on the show, and North Carolina just pulled off a big win. And this guy, I told him go blue, and I think he recognized me or something. So we did a little man on the street with him. Wow. and And you know, yeah, saying look, the four for, the eighty percent completion percentage. I mean, you can't hate on it, you know. <laughs> you as can't long, as long as you don't put a pass a minimum pass number in there. <laughs> you know, I'll take what I can get. It this point boys absolutely absolutely
1: so all right is there i mean you had a lot of memories i'm sure in ann arbor but as a michigan football player or is it in the locker room and Shen beckler whatever is there one memory that you're like man i that this sums up my whether it's career or experience or whatever or yeah. funny time about lloyd Carr, rich Rod, whatever it is
4: I had so many good times, man. I just we just had Stevie Brown on our show this week, you know, and, love and Brandon Graham comes on all the time. Mm-hmm. Carlos Brown was another one of my guys from Georgia. Yeah. I just love all those guys, you know. I'm trying to get Jake Long and Chad Henney, who I was friends with on our show soon. Um Taylor Lewan lives here in Nashville. Trying to yeah. go connect with Taylor now that I've moved here. So many great memories. I think, you know, um, the one I tell the most is that as is, is, is Russell Crowe gave us a pregame speech um, before the Notre Dame game of my sophomore year. I guess my freshman year, uh, we had watched Cinderella Man as one of our movies, um, one okay. of our Friday night movies, and his PR team heard about it, so we asked Lloyd Carr that summer if he would come out and talk to his rugby team. This is the way I understand it anyway in New Zealand. <laughs> he says, yes, if you'll come talk to my Michigan team next year. Well, I redshirted as a freshman, so when Russell Crowe showed up our sophomore year before the Notre Notre Dame game. He gives us a pregame speech. I'm telling you right now, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go, man. It was the whole Gosh. gladiator speech. That ended up being the first game I ever played in. I think I don't think I had any pass attempts in that game, but just a handoff against oh my Notre God. Dame think my dad was in the crowd that was pretty cool so that story I probably tell the most um, a story I don't tell that much but I was thinking about the other day um, which is probably it may have been the, my coolest moment at Michigan honestly because it let me know what Michigan fans at that time thought of me was my senior year I got some mop-up duty against Delaware State I think I played the whole fourth quarter like Went three for three, something like that. I had some good pass attempts and everything. And I'm walking off the field and the student section from behind just like starts chanting my name. That's and awesome. I didn't I didn't even know I you know, all I did was I just stick I just stuck up my hand and waved and, and I didn't stop. I just kept walking. And they like erupted in applause. And that just that just let me know that, you know, I I I tried to do all I could for this university. I wanted to come up there and break John Navarre's records and be the right. I That's wanted my guy. to Tom Brady. You know, I wanted to be the guy who was slept on and who was lanky and who didn't have a good figure when you put him on camera, but who has the (laughs) mentality to go win seven Super Bowls and who can dominate a sport like that's what I came up there to do. Nothing short of that was my goal. And obviously, I fell far short of that. But to, to see that, to see the Michigan fans who understood that, like, I was still doing everything in my power to, to represent the university. And still to this day, look, I, I'm very critical of the University of Michigan in a lot of ways, whether it be football or whether it be Jawan Howard's situation earlier this year with some of his troubles. I'm very critical, but I criticize because I care. And I just hope that Michigan fans writ large understand that, you know, I, I always I always keep them right here, you know, next to the heart.
1: Well, i I think that it, you know you may not have broken any of the you know the John Navarre records or or become Tom Brady, but we could put a draft picture of you like Tom Brady out there if you wanted to.
4: You know, at this point, <laughs> if I'm not going to get the benefits. You know, if I'm not, not going to get all the. See, Tom Brady can go look at that freshman picture of his now and be like, "I still won." Yeah. You know? <laughs> but uh, – but, yeah, I don't know. I'm sure my co-host would get a kick out of it. Yeah. 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 <laughs>
2: well, I, uh, I, I got to know. So you – correct me if I'm wrong. You came in with Mallet in the recruiting class. Uh,
4: he right? was a year behind me. Well, he okay. was the class behind me, but he came in early. So, really, he was only six or seven months behind me okay. in, in, the, um, in terms of the months when he
2: showed up. Did anybody confuse you guys just being tall, lanky? Quarterback? Yeah, I
4: mean, you know, we would all, it was like it, it was awesome to me because it was the first time in my life when I would go out with guys like Ryan and a lot of the offensive linemen, you know, with the Jake Longs of the world and some of those guys. This like, hey, man, they're as tall as I am. No Because at that point in my life, it was just people had just pointed out how tall I was, you know, yeah. just, <laughs>
3: because,
4: you know, you you stand out and it's kind of a joke or whatever. But um, it didn't start to be a positive until you can actually use it athletically. But um, yeah, no, I mean, all those guys, I just look back on a lot of those memories finally. And it wasn't, you know, it was, there was a lot of frustration guys. I mean, you know, to to play football at that high of a level when you're not playing personally at a high level, you know, I mean, every day, every day is a grind. And then the universities, the number two public school in the country. I mean, every day was an absolute grind and that's the way it should be. I'm trying to do that now. I'm trying to grind it out every day, and you know, add value. So, I look back on those memories finally, and and all, and all those guys—they're they're brothers to me for sure. Well, so I'm
2: uh, I was, I was, one more one more question I got. But other than the uh, Lloyd Carter Rich Rod change, you may have even had a more difficult change going from Nike to Adidas. What what was that like? Are you an oh. Adidas guy? I'll I tell hate you what. I, so. I have
4: never been asked that question. Um, <laughs> on, like by on, on air or anything like that or by any reporters. I mean, I talk about it with my friends, but man, you're talking about that was as big of a change, really. It really <laughs> was. Uh a lot of the guys, a lot of the guys hated the Adidas gear so much that they would wear the Nike gear and they would spray paint it.
0: It's <laughs> awesome That's the shoes.
4: especially the shoes i remember some of the dbs especially i'm at this point i won't name names because i, I don't i definitely don't want to get anyone wrong who did who didn't do this <laughs> man they would spray paint those things but it is not the same like it is affecting my play seriously uh but any team issued gear that i have um you know i kept and you know it's this free gear so yeah yeah, yeah. I don't even know what this is. Actually, the Jumpman stuff. So this, yeah, Jumpman. They're living good life now. I actually heard the. oh yeah! We're going to be playing in like a Jumpman invitation or something, right? Yeah. Hunter Dickinson coming back. Maybe Diabate doesn't go first round and he comes back. Guys, there's, what's happening here?
1: Big there's, news. There's a lot, sure a lot. Sure going, fun. A lot going on. A lot going on. Um. So it's funny too. So I'll get your. So you were talking about your teammates. So my cousin is Craig Rowe, and I think you played with him on the other nice. side. Of the- so we'll yeah. get, what are your unfiltered thoughts on Craig Rowe? Right. Real quick. Love him. Say love anything him. you want. Love Craig Rowe. Is he, is he coaching right now? Um, so he I see does him post a lot of football related stuff. Yeah. He like, he does a bunch of D line stuff. He doesn't actually coach, but he does like camps and stuff like that. Um, okay. i well,
4: will break down uh, y stick H through and he can drop the defensive side of it. There you know.
1: go. <laughs> there you go. Love that. Um, but he would tell me like, there were a couple times I think when you guys had some special jerseys or whatever for like Michigan state game or Notre Dame and like the Adidas jerseys were so tight that you guys like couldn't literally get them on. And it, it took like a half hour for you to get the jerseys on.
4: I think I have. So my Rose bowl Jersey, uh, from our freshman year hangs in our studio. So that's behind. So you guys tune into our show tomorrow. You'll see that. I actually, I think I have our Adidas Jersey downstairs hung up. Um, and uh, I don't know. I'm not going to volunteer to go put it on, but yeah, I do remember those <laughs> things getting a little bit tight. Now that you mentioned, it, it was <laughs> like the tap. Yeah, like, at that point, I, I was like, man, can I remember the play, the name of the plays, and go out there and just like not fumble the football? So right. was probably too <laughs> tight, but I can't remember.
1: Oh man. Well, all right. So tell us about the show. So you have got a, a podcast. Um, so when do you do it? What are you know? What are you talking about all day? What's going on there?
4: Man, we have a one hour daily sports show and it man it really is awesome to do this with jake and his brother blaine these two guys are brothers uh there's three of us but we've expanded it to talk about all sports man i mean i'm on there talk like i said going to the Predators game, we're talking about hockey on there i'll talk about formula one i've always loved golf and tennis before baseball football basketball is obviously um you know our wheelhouse and i can't wait for football season i mean I always can't wait for football season, but uh, like I said, we just went down to the final four and that was cool, but it's a daily sports show right now. It goes off at 2 PM central. So three Eastern every single day, you can watch it live on YouTube. You'll get the first half of the show for free, or you can watch it live or you can watch it live on dailywire.com. If you become a member, or you can listen to the whole show after we're live on any podcast platform. So, you know, and it's just, I don't know. It's a great time, man. I'm very, very blessed. It looks like it kind of happened overnight but like i said all of these skill sets i've sort of been developing for a long time now and um you know i don't take this opportunity for granted and it was you know it's interesting that uh, the daily wire which is sort of um, a political organization would not only one want a sports show and want us to be the sports show for them, but really, uh, it's apolitical. Like we don't talk about any politics on there. I mean, there always is an intersection where, you know, we have a take or something like that, but yeah. I just feel like a lot of the, uh, you know, and I haven't watched your guys uh, show enough to know exactly like you know how you how you break down all the sports and how you handle this yourselves, but um, there just seems to be just a lot of politics and a lot of cultural elements brought into every single sports show and every single show period in the country. And to us, man, we want to we want to break down that play that I just said. That's what we yeah. want to talk about. We mm-hmm. want to talk about why um, Aiden Hutchinson may go number one over over Trayvon Walker because of the skill sets they have. That's what we dedicate our entire hour to. And I really think that your fan base w- would eat it up, you know, and I'm on there that I need their help, man. Cause these two SEC <laughs> guys, I need their help oh. to me up and getting the, you know, our fan base is called the booster club. That's what we call. Somebody <laughs> awesome. who watches our show is called the Booster Club. We we are heavily dedicated to a wagering section on our show. Okay. So That's the awesome. Booster Club every single day can send in their picks. They get one pick a day. If you go, if you win eight in a row and you go eight no, you get on the Hall of Fame. And then the three of us take two picks every single day. And the winner of the month gets to give a speech. And um, boys, I'm 30 and 16 right now with a couple wow. in April. So let's go, baby. I've never had a run like this, and I'm hoping to be given a speech at the end of
1: this month (laughs) dude that is awesome i love that that's a great idea honestly i i love that you guys do that but i think that just in general like just giving kind of unfiltered stuff uh you know and and breakdowns like that is awesome without trying to sway it one way or another obviously is is great so no we're we're definitely tuning in um and it was great to talk to jake and it's great to talk to you as well um dude it's awesome just to like i feel like i want to know I hope you don't take offense to this but it is kind of like a Where's Waldo situation with you where you you kind of went away for a while I'd love to put you back on the map and help you you know get some of those Michigan fans back with those SEC boys.
4: Yeah, I appreciate it and I wish I had been I wish I had a more developed skill set that I was going for at that time. You know, like if I had been, if I had been the the level of video producer at, at 22 right. that I was at 30, I could have right. really used the alumni base, you know, to oh, do yeah. it. But I had to go learn a completely new skill set. And so I did kind of go away, not, not, um, I mean, not necessarily on purpose, but I had to go cut my teeth and develop a whole new skill. So I said, look, you're not going to the NFL. You're not going to play professional football. Uh, my dad wanted me to go to law school, the coaches on the staff wanted me to get into coaching. And I just thought that there was something different. I saw how technology was being used in our society. I thought that with my ability to be creative at times, but also manage the logistics of situations at time, being the quarterback in the huddle, being a director on set, that this could be something. Again, I didn't know at 22 years old, but I did have to go away for a little bit and sort of you know, really just cut my teeth and develop a new set of skills. But I've never gone away, like I said, Michigan in my heart uh, I, I cherish the days and the years that, that I spent up there and so I hope that the uh, Michigan fan base feels the same and I hope that they tune in look I, like I said I'm, I'm hard on Michigan in a lot of ways and, and I'm going to keep being hard on them because I care and so I just I want us to keep beating Ohio oh that's another thing we got to talk about later at some oh moment. yeah oh yeah we, we can get into it later I'm going off tomorrow on this list that I saw put the <laughs> Ohio Buckeyes <laughs> helmet as number one all time. Actually, oh. I actually have a little bit of a migraine from seeing that
2: (laughs) (laughs) i think that might be our guy alex too we might have talked i know know.
1: but our other guy big game boomer our other guy big 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 game boomer put up today that the michigan uh helmet is the number one of all time so there we go we got him i'm gonna
4: be making a little list of my own and i think y'all know where you know where. oh yeah let me ask you all this though before we go um is our boy going number one tonight or what
2: No, no, baby. Lions, let's go. Number two,
4: restore the roar. Let's go. Anytime the Vegas line moves as heavily as it has done for Trayvon Walker, I pay attention, so I agree. I don't think he's going number one, and he might not mind that. Hey, let's get him in Detroit. Let's get him in Detroit, boys. Let's
1: go. I like it. I think there's somehow, some way, Jacksonville, there's a a place that's worse than Detroit right now, and it's Jacksonville. So I think that uh, Detroit's actually a good spot for him. Um, so I'm excited for him, man. Um, but I'm excited for you too. Tell us, uh, tell us where we can follow you at. I, I want to, you know, let the people. You already told us a little bit where they can see the podcast, but social media, all that stuff too. I want to make I sure. I would have never told
4: you that. this three months ago, but you can follow me at David Adam Cohn on Twitter and please do. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 I've i never looked at Twitter as um, as a platform that I wanted to be a part of, but I I do realize now after being with Jake and his brother and, and, and building this show up that the social media integration is huge. And the, is. watching the fans, like I said, our fan base is called the Booster Club. Watching the Booster Club interact with us, engage, with us, ask us legitimate sports questions, or even questions we put out top lists all the time, right? We did video games this week. Listen to them talk about our opinions on video games or or favorite pizza toppings. I mean, this is what I think the positive aspects of these platforms are for. So, uh, Twitter, David Adam Cohn, Instagram, I'm not on Facebook that much anymore, but I still have an account. So please give me a follow. Let's interact. And most importantly, please just check out the show, you know, check out the show, because I really think that we have a good thing going on right now. I think that we are contributing in a positive manner. Um, and we just love to, we just love sports, all three of us. We love sports and I, I want you guys to check it out too. And tell me what you think.
2: Hell yeah. Man. I, I just followed you. So, uh, you know, looking for a, you know a little follow for follow, like for like, tweet. for you tweet. like Jack? Is that how it works? He's like Jack. He gets it. <laughs> there. You go. Well, we we got to get you guys down for a tailgate in the fall for sure.
4: Look, for sure, man. Look, I, let's connect because I want to come see y'all whenever I'm in Ann Arbor next. And I have to bring my son to a Michigan game at some point. To, yes. so let's make it happen. One of our sponsors right now for the show is actually talking about doing a tailgate tour. Look, I will, they'll, they'll have the ultimate say on where we go and when we go there. I'm just telling you, boys, you know, a couple days after Thanksgiving, there's always a big game. There like, it is. You know, Baltimore, who, you know, shall remain <laughs> nameless. If that's one of the games. I'm going to be fired up. I'm going to be ready to go.
1: Let's go, baby! Yeah, I can't wait. It's it's April twenty eighth right now, and I'm already ready for football season. It just Mm -hmm. never stops. So love it. We appreciate you, man, David Cohn, uh, Crane and Company on the Daily Wire. Uh, Go check them out there. Um, But we will uh, we'll talk to you guys later. Thanks, David. Thank you guys.
4: Go blue. Go Go blue. blue. Go blue.